This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Welcome, boys and girls, non-binaries, everybody else. It's another episode of the MFG Cast, Maximum Fun with Gaming. On this episode, we're going to be talking about waste. We're going to be talking about... Not uh, poop. Yeah, not poop. No, we're going to be talking about how some companies do things that are, I think are just a little too wasteful, whether it be a box that's way too big for components that are way too small, or too many other things included so we'll kind of talk about that and then also we're going to be ta- we're going to be reviewing Star Trek Chrono Trek from Looney Lab another edition in the actually ever small series of the Chrononaut series so this is a Star Trek theme of the game so we'll do a review of that so before we do the review let's talk about some trash <laughs> let's talk about some waste so you know i feel like now more than ever, everyone's very conscious of the earth and stuff like that and things that, you know, ways that we can be better at, you know, not uh, having as much waste and stuff like that. And I thought it would be a cool topic to talk about because there are lots of different things that I feel like um, that some companies do that I've just kind of I kind of scratch my head and go, why do we need this? You know, it's kind of interesting yeah. or like. Or, or, you know, maybe if, you know, maybe it's something that, you know, we can, maybe we need more of so we can do, do less with the waste. I don't know. That's kind of, kind of a bad way to say it, I guess, but I, I'll kind of explain it later, I guess. Okay. But um, one of the things that I find that uh, is becoming more and more prevalent, which I think is kind of ridiculous, is box size. I think that some of these boxes that don't need these you know, I'm guessing some of these companies probably do a shelf presence because they want their game to get a, get more of a look to it because a lot of times the bigger it is, the more people are like, oh, what's this? You know, someone sees the box of, of Gloomhaven, they're like, oh my God, can you, you can fit a small child in this thing. So it's like, oh, I want to check out to see what's in that. Uh, there might be some games that actually need that. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, other other ones that it's just like, overkill yeah and i remember one of the one of the big issues for games in the past recent year or in the recent years is uh splendor because splendor has cards and chips yep. and it's like why do we need this big medium-sized box when all that's all you have why couldn't you just put it in a smaller box you know and it wouldn't be as probably as much money for people to spend maybe uh the chips probably probably make it a little bit more expensive of a game but still it's like why do we need this huge box or something that doesn't have that much to it well and it it could be that game companies 
want the bigger presence partially to get attention for their games, but also because they feel like having a smaller box doesn't draw that attention to the game as much. So you have, I feel like, um, I'm kind of veering off a little bit, but I feel like with expansions, especially companies tend to make the expansion box so stinking big. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, it seems to be a trend that you're paying a lot for expansions, $35 or, you know, something like that. And the box is big. Well, as long as you're getting your bang for your buck, I don't care if the box is big. You're throwing it away typically because the there's room enough for the expansion in the base game anyway. So why waste by having this ginormous box? It's just to get attention or... I, I mean, we don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what about in... I know in the, in the past, Dan has had a gripe about this too, so I want your opinion on it. So what do you think about... if you're buy, Say you're buying a game and you're buying a game for, let's just say, $45, okay? And then you buy an expansion, which is technically supposed to be a you know add-on to this original game. And say you pay around that same price, 40 45 bucks. Do you feel like you're getting ripped off because you're paying that much, that much, the same amount for the base game that you are for an expansion that you can't play as a standalone? I feel like it's kind of crazy, the price of expansions. But if you really dig the game that much, I feel like paying the price for an expansion is worth it. So an example... I can think of it because you'll always hear me talking about Quacks, but Quacks had the base game and really, 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 really love the base game. Then they have the expansion. And I don't remember what the expansion is going for, but but the expansion box is ginormous. And I think, didn't we fit the the parts for the expansion in the base? We did. Yeah. Because the box for the expansion is big. But I I feel like if you really like the game and you just want more avenue, like an extra player and more pieces and more um, glamour to, to add to the game that you already like, it might be worth it. Sometimes I feel like they maybe charge too much, but I also think it's stupid that they have the big game. I big game, little game, whatever. I think you. I mean, that's that's set aside to who, whether they want to, whether the individual wants to pay that cost. I think. I just think it's. I think it's dumb sometimes when they use giant boxes for, like you open it up and you're like, seriously. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Why are you using this box? Well, and let me pose this question to you then. So, say you have this game that you really like and then you have these expansions that don't fit in it and it's just taking up tons of space like and i understand like most people are just gonna buy it anyway if they love the game but like if it's just taking up that much more space too you know wouldn't you think that they could do a better job of you know maybe even if they had something in the back of their mind thinking well maybe we could have more expansions in the future that they could think forward a little bit more so they could be like okay this original box can be just a little bit bigger so then we can have that those expansions fit inside i mean i i've never designed a game and i've never published a game i think sometimes they maybe don't know 
I think we encountered this too recently with Orleans, didn't we? Where we were trying to shove the (laughs) expansion in the box and we did it the best that we could. But I can see where they were trying to make the original as compact as possible. But at the same time, if you're a person that doesn't want to maybe do the expansion, then you've got all that extra space. Yeah. Because there we go to the waste. Because you can open some of these boxes and you're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. We've got like all of these bags. We've got all of these slots for cards and we've got all of this stuff. And then there may not ever be a point where they ever come out with anything. Mm-hmm. Or they do and there's still space. Yeah. Like copious amounts of space. And it's like that box is taking up so much room on my shelf. Like, I don't really want to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I, it's funny because I'm, I'm on the fence about some companies too. Like, say like, I think Marvel and DC, the deck building games have done this where it's like, they'll have this box where it's like, here's a big box for all your stuff and then a little expansion. And to me, it's like, okay, why am I paying like, 25 bucks for a box and then you know a little expansion it just to me it seems like kind of a waste but then in the same point it's like okay well then i can throw everything into the same box and get rid of those other recycle those other things that i don't need right and we've done that with those games yeah dc and marvel and all those deck building games we've tried to combine them because otherwise you have like 800 boxes Mm -hmm. but that's if you want to continue to enhance those games mm-hmm. yeah and that and that comes into play with like waste of space even you know it's like we've been doing that more where it's like we you know if we see expansions that could fit we're like okay let's do that let's get rid of the box or like even like repurposing the box we're you know possibly thinking of like okay what can we do to like you know if we refinish our basement we can you know maybe do a wall of you know game boxes like you see in some videos and stuff mm-hmm. like that and that would be kind of neat or maybe even taking the front of a box Make it into a like a like a thing where you can uh, make it into like a collage of like a game box fronts to make for like a table. You know, they put on a table. They call it a decoupage. Is that? I don't know. I don't know. I know that's the word. But either way, and I know we've we've kind of even been picky on that. Like, do we like the way this box looks? Okay, let's keep it (laughs) because then you know we'll use it and hang it on our wall or do something with it because we think that'll be really cool to to do something with it going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, and then um also like the waste in hey, here's 8,000 bags in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, we saved them for a while, but then we went through all of our game stuff because we have a whole like cloth cube that has all of our different extra bags, little containers to put like our supplies and stuff in. Or if we want to kind of try to enhance um, the box or the play of the game and stuff like that. But games, as we purchase them, they just keep coming with more and more bags. And like it's extra bags on top of the bags that already have the cubes or the meeples or the pieces in them like what are you supposed to do with these like i get you know if one rips or whatever but we have so many of them now that we've been either repurposing those or 
we've had to throw them out now because we have so we have like I think a whole one of those slide out cloth cube things that goes in like a shelf full of them. Yeah, yeah. And They're insane. It is. Sorry. And the and the thing that I think is funny too is that when companies have these awesome dividers or inserts and then they still give you a bunch of bags and it's like just just pick one. You know, like I would rather have the insert and I don't need the bags. I understand like you know, that we've had some of the problems of like we're when we put our games away we're putting them usually standing up and if they're in an insert sometimes they will they'll fall and kind of make a mess but like again it's like if they still have that insert it's like you know i don't really need all these hundreds of bags that you know i'm not going to end up using well everyone's different some might like it in a bag and then lay it in the insert and then when Mm -hmm. they're ready to play it take it out of the bag and put it in in the insert but yeah. I mean, everyone's different, but I mean, if you already have stuff in the bags, why are you giving us more bags? Yeah. Like, are we going <laughs> to, what are we going to do with them? I can see maybe extra bags if you're going to put, like, eat different colored meeples in one giant bag. And if, if someone wants to go a step further and divide the blue and the orange and the purple into each individual bag or something like that, that's possible. Yeah. But that doesn't even happen very often. Yeah. They're usually all in their separate bags already. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy, crazy. Yeah. Another thing that goes into the waste of like a box, the box is like another thing I always think of and I feel bad, but I'm always picking on them, but like fantasy flight games. Like if you know, you buy like star Wars Imperial salt, they give you all those minis and all that stuff, and then the box that it comes in is just it's just a cardboard trough. You know, so it's like it's got the little, you know, the ends where there's nothing that could fit them, and then there's that spot in the middle where you can just throw everything in the middle. It's like, why even bother with these with the in it's kind of a weird insert trough because it's got like the art in the middle of it. They're trying to be like, oh, here's some art for it. You know, it's like I don't even need that. Because like, don't you me, just open it up then and then everything's just in well, the yeah. middle of it? Yeah, you either put it in the middle or, like, if you get more expansions, you can open up the sides and throw them there. But it's like, why even what? have that? It's just, it's just like... Just, I remember that now. Yeah, it's like, just don't even bother with that. That's just a waste of cardboard. I don't need that, you know? So, I, you know, wow. I always wonder, it's like, you know, even if, you know, if you're going to do something with a cardboard, why not just make, you know, a three by three you know, little spots where you can throw your stuff and just make the cardboard that way instead of having that trough. To me, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Well, or be able to, because they have, depending on the game, they have miniatures, be able to have a section divided where at least you can stack your miniatures in there mm-hmm. so that you're not just tossing them in with your game pieces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it seems like it's just a hodgepodge of crud. And I remember, you know... Mike bringing it out or Shane and then it's just like you know no matter how organized you try to keep it mm-hmm. yikes yeah and I know that some companies are actually keeping this thought in their minds when they're when they're making their box sizes uh, I was able to find a reddit post where and I can't remember one of the publishers or one of the owners from Pandasaurus games he said that they are always conscious of that they don't want to make this big big box for this tiny game. They're like, you know, we want to keep it as least wasteful 
or whatever you call that, the least amount of waste that you can for a game. So you're not, you know, they're not, you know, they're not wasting their money on stuff and they're not wasting our time with that, which I think is cool. Well, and I think maybe some of them feel like, maybe they feel like they're wasting their money if they add trays and add bags and things like that. But you'd think that there was some sort of way that they could do it. And man, they would get, because you always hear people talking about, man, did you see the way the so-and-so company lined up, how fancy it is and the layout inside this box. And, you know, sometimes people have it so, so specific on where your pieces go you actually have to look it up online to figure out where that goes, <laughs> which is awesome. But at the same time, it's like, oh, my God, like, where do these go? Yeah. But I mean, and and I'm, I understand maybe it does cost some more money. Maybe it's easier to open up and throw it into a trough. But think of how much money Fantasy Flight makes. Mm-hmm. You know, they can probably throw like a cardboard piece of cardboard in there to throw your minis on one side. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think? Do you think that there's a lot of wasteful things in gaming these days? Are you doing a good job of having the least amount of waste when it comes to gaming? Uh, let us know at MFGCast on Twitter and or join our Facebook page because that's not getting enough love. So get on there and let's talk about some games. All right, so now let's get into the review. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. That's the worst. I was like, <laughs> what are you trying to do? It's the worst invitation of William Shatner ever. In If anyone could have seen my face. <laughs> I did, and I did not like it. <laughs> Suckers. So let's talk Star Trek Chrono Trek. So this is another themed deck or a three themed game in the uh, in the Chrononauts series. This game is this game is designed by Andrew Looney, illustrations by Watership Creative. So if you've played Chrononauts before, this will look a little similar, just with the Star Trek theme. You have a timeline, and you have to alter the timeline to get the outcome that you want to win, whether it be Inverting the timeline, collecting artifacts, or even creating fractures in the timeline to get what you want to win the game. So basically what you're doing in this game is you're setting up the timeline. You have a time index that rates from A1 to D9, so it goes in order by year. Um, you have an ID deck, which you just shuffle up the cards, and depending upon what pip you want to play, there's uh, one is easy, four is hard. Shuffle those up and then deal out two and then everybody and everybody picks one character to be. And then you have a main deck, you shuffle those up, you deal out you deal out three cards to each player, and then you go for it. <laughs> and then you go for it. And then you boldly go where no man has got or woman has gone before. Evil energy being, which I always love. <laughs> well, no evil energy being has ever gone before. That's, that's right, that's right. So Tracy, what what do we do to affect everything to get the outcome that we want to win um the three cards that you get dealt in your hand um at the beginning of every one of your turns you 
choose to draw a card. You can play a card, play one of the cards in your hand then. If you don't want to play a card in your hand, then you can draw another card. Mm -hmm. In your hand, you have possibilities of different types of cards. So there's artifact cards, which may help you towards your ID card that Kurt had talked about that you get dealt at the beginning of the game. So your ID card could be, I think one of the times I had Dr. Evil Spock. Evil Mr. Spock. Oh, evil Mr. Spock, excuse mm-hmm. me. So you have artifact cards that will help you um, or that may you may need to collect through the course of play. There's power action cards, which give you, they basically instruct you on the cards. So there's some where you can remove a card from um, the discard pile and play it immediately, or you can add it to your hand. So this might help if somebody may have discarded an artifact that you need to be collecting for your ID. Or other special cards. Um, The only um, deal with this one is it tells you if there's other cards that you can't pull from the deck, like another power action card. There's events. If you pull an event card, if you're dealt an event card at the very beginning of play, you actually discard that right away because you don't want to do that in your very first turn. But if you have them going forward, you play them immediately. And then you draw an extra card after that. Yep. And then you redraw. Um, event cards um, talk about the Devron anomaly. Uh, that's not that's not all of them. Oh, okay, but, uh, that's all that we ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there there are a couple other ones there too. The Devron anomaly. I'll give that as an example. Basically, starts at the bottom right of um, all the cards that you have lined up when you're playing this game, and it flips over, and that changes the time as it goes. If you flip too many of them. Then you get to the top left, and then the game ends ends before you can even complete your ID file. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cool thing I liked about this is I was like, God, the Devron Anomaly. That sounds familiar, and I forgot that that is, that is referenced in the last episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, where um, it's at the end where Captain Picard is put on trial again, and because he's the one that puts this Devron Anomaly into motion basically and he goes forward and back in time in different times of his life where he's actually done this and what happens is later in his life that created this thing this anomaly that actually goes back in time to three and a half billion years uh before that where life was going to be started basically and then the anomaly was going to destroy life as we know it so Q put him on tri- put him on trial to fix what was going on, and you almost think like he wants he wants Picard to lose basically, but he's kind of helping him, which was kind of cool because normally when Q shows up, he's this ever knowing being; he can do just about anything, but he's always like foiling Picard's plans and the Enterprise the Enterprise plan. So it was cool to go back and watch that and be like, oh, that's what that is. That's a that's what I remember it to be, so it's kind of cool to go back and see that. Well, and it makes sense that it would pan out that way because then that would be the end of the game. Yep, correct. Yep. So he talked about other events that can happen. So one of the other events is fractures can happen, which we hadn't talked about yet. So a fracture is something that would also be a card that you could draw in your hand. Fractures can also alter the timeline that you have laying out in front of you. So you could play one of those cards, and that happens as long as 
something else has happened in time. So you're going to look at the card and it would tell you, and it would reference as long as this card is, has this icon and this icon or only this icon. And it all depends on what's happening in time right now, whether you can fracture that, that point. Yeah. And basically what, yeah, basically what it is when you first put out the cards they're blue and purple which means the timeline is kind of set how it is normally and then when you flip it over it's like yellow and red i think so then that's a different color so that kind of references the the icons but also the color too so it's like you can't play that card unless that happens and then a lot of times with fractures unless it's the four pip characters if a fracture is on a timeline spot that you need to win if you can't get rid of that card by flipping that again then that means that you cannot win Except I think there are there might be some ID cards that um, reference fractures. Yep. That you can win with those. Yep, that was that was what I just said. The four pipples. <laughs> <laughs> boop boop boop. Okay, sorry. Um, back to fractures again. So there's events where um, you play an event where fractures happen. Um, you everyone reveals their fracture cards, and they can choose to play them. So that might um, mess up other people. Or you can just discard them and then you draw your cards again. There's also not a power action, but a regular action where you can discard or where you may be able to discard certain things. It can help you. Uh, There's also uh, inverter cards, which these help you to flip linchpins, which those are indicated on your um, on the cards that are laid out in front of you also. So a linchpin basically... I think of it as causing like a, almost a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. So it tells you on the card, it says flip any linchpin. So you could do this to basically mess with the person that person or people that you're playing with, or you could do this to help you to accomplish whatever your, your end goal is. So. Yeah. And the thing I like about that is like the good thing that they do about that, like you were saying with like the flipping over the other points, they call them ripple points. So it's like ripples on water that kind of uh, chain react. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to add. Oh, no, no, that's good. So basically, whatever linchpin you choose to flip, it tells you on the card. So if I select linchpin 2024, it tells me on there that um, once this one is flipped, then card A8, so um, this is actually linchpin A7, if I flip this one over, which is Bell Riots, it talks about Gabriel Bell killed in riots at San Francisco's Sanctuary District A as protesters demand urban solutions. But it, once I flip this linchpin, it also, like Kurt said, ripples or how did I describe it? A chain reaction, basically. It flips A8 and B5 also. So it changes the colors of those cards. So this was originally a purple-sided card. It changes it to a like a pinkish-red-sided card. So now this side of the card that was titled Bell Riots is now titled Protests Suppressed. So that may or may not be my goal in my identity, or I could be trying to mess up somebody else that I'm playing with. There is also... Stealing artifact cards, if you needed an artifact, there's assignments, uh, meaning you draw two cards. And if you have certain artifacts in play, you can choose to discard one and draw five more cards. 
if you don't want to play the assignment, I believe you can discard it and draw. Draw two cards. Draw yep. two cards. There's a lot of different things. And then at the end of the game, if you have met all the criteria on your ID card, you have to pause and let the other players know that you um, have met your, what do they call it? Your, basically you have met your goal or your mission or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they have a chance to stop you. And there's a card that's called Memos from Home. Basically, you're pausing for the other players. And if any one of the other players has a power action card in their hand that's called Memo from Your Future Self, which the card reads, play at any time to cancel another card as it's being played, discard the target card, and proceed with the next game action. So they could play this in hopes that they're discarding an artifact or something that they feel like is the winning action for the other player. And this is the only thing that can stop that person from winning. And then that's the that is the game. So as long as you meet the criteria on the ID card, then you win the game. So now that we described this game pretty much in full detail, thank you very much. I'm sorry. Should I not ask? No. Are you kidding me? That's what I asked you to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for not doing what I thought you would do. <laughs> so Hopefully I didn't confuse anybody. No, I don't think so. Being This being your first time playing one of those games, or one of these games. Um, I don't think it is. Really? You think you've played the other one? I feel like we have. Okay. Did Does Mike have Mike it? has it. Yeah, we haven't played it in so, oh my God, original it Chrononauts in so long. Ages. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, not being a fan of Star Trek. <laughs> Sorry, Looney Labs. Uh, it's okay. Nobody's going to burn you at the stake for that one. Okay, well, now this is being maybe your second time playing a game like this. What did you think about this game? How did you... Actually, let's not think about... Let's not give it like a rating. Why don't you talk about like how did you think it played? Hmm. Well, first I have to be honest because when you said, hey, we're going to review this game, I went, I know nothing about Star Trek. <laughs> I've maybe seen an episode or two. Like, do I have to know stuff about this show? Yeah. So what do you think? You don't really need to know anything about it. No. Um, which is good because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I mean, we, we played it several times. Like, we, I felt like... We advanced to the higher pips pretty fast mm -hmm. because, like, we wanted more um, of a challenge. Yeah. But maybe it's because we went right to finish our identification file, or I, not identification files, our, our identity cards. Identity cards really fast. Yeah. I honestly liked it a lot more than I thought I would, but I think I had the whole, I really thought I needed to know what Star Trek, like, was all about. It, I can see why people who are into Star Trek would love it even more because they can see all the stuff and all the details, which is like probably knock your socks off impressive on, I mean, it impressed me because I'm like, I don't know what this stuff is, but they, there's been a lot of research to put this all together. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. But yeah, you can tell in every every card, whether it be a linchpin, whether it be an artifact, it describes 
yep. a part of it, or maybe you'll even do like like a little blurb from something from the show that like really you know will kind of catch your eye. Like I love the the Earl the Gray Earl T or whatever. The, what do they call it? God, I'm so bad with things. Sorry. Um, let me find it. So like they have an artifact of the the Earl Gray hot tea, and it says it just like Captain Picard would say it. Tea Earl Gray hot. You know I like that. Like it it has a lot of a lot of you know inside information for Star Trek fans and stuff like that that have watched the show and have a really good time playing this game. You know I I think of some friends that I know that really are into that are really into Star Trek. Hi Taylor, and you know I think would if they play this game they'd be like oh my god this is awesome you know and just going back to some of the things that you know that they know about the shows and stuff like that like i'm a really big fan i'm not a i can't say i'm not a really big fan because i can't i don't know everything word for word and stuff like that but i I really like the the movies and i like the original star trek uh the original series and the next generation but i haven't really seen any of the other star trek stuff really uh except for the newer movies but yeah, this game it plays really smooth, just like I remember Chrononauts playing. You know, you know, you just use cards to flip the linchpins to get the ripple points. You can use artifacts f- to get by yourself to win the game. But also, artifacts can help complete assignments, and they also have some have special abilities that you can use during the game and stuff like that. I felt like some of the earlier or the lower pip ones, like the ones and twos, are felt like they were really too easy for us to win. So it felt like it went way too quick, but I think I could see that for like maybe some younger people or maybe someone that doesn't really play that many games, like that would be a kind of like a fun little challenge. And then, you know, going to, once we get into the three and the four pips, like you have to, you know, do a little bit more and a lot of them are fractures to win the game. One of my favorites is Q because Q actually, that one is Q wants to actually destroy earth so it it's it's all of those anomalies that go through even though technically he didn't really want that to happen but it's just kind of cool to you know see that how that worked out and i thought it it played really good and someone that's a pretty big a medium fan of star trek and um liking card games like this i i I had fun it was fun Mm -hmm. so then let's let's rate this game actually because i feel like we kind of talked about it pretty good you know yeah. Also, I feel like this is probably going to be pretty cheap. I think it's around like what, 20 bucks, I think, maybe 15. Looks like it's 17.25 on miniature market. Yeah. So, regular price is only 25 bucks, so it's actually pretty inexpensive. And they do not waste. By the way, <laughs> if right. we circle back to the beginning of this episode, <clears throat> they don't waste because they have just the right amount of space. Um, because it's all cards. So they could have gone with a big Mama Jamma box, and they did not. Yeah, that's so that's right. cool. Yeah, small thumbs, box, got thumb, cards. Thumbs up, Looney Labs. That's right. Whoop, whoop. All right, so we have a new rating system because rating systems for us in the past, I haven't really liked them, and now I came up with one that I, I feel like we can have for quite a while now. So here is our new rating system for games. The best one is going to be called Collection Keeper. It's a game that is always going to be in our collection. It's going to be something that we're going to want. As soon as we see it, we're going to want to take it out. We're going to want to play it. It's going to be one of those that's going to be uh, with us for you know quite a while. 
Uh, the next one in our rating scale will be Fair Player. So it'll be something that's in our collection that'll get a decent amount of plays. It'll be something that, you know, we might not see all the time and pick up the shelf, but we'll definitely, it'll be in a kind of a regular rotation. Uh, our next rating will be called Overlooked. Uh, Overlooked will be something that, you know, we might play one or two times every once in a while, but it, won't, it might be something where we would look at other stuff first before we look at this game. And then our last, but certainly not least, but kind of least, it will be the Unfortunate Passer. So it's going to be one of those games that we just don't really care for, and it might just not see that much time at the table. And then if if we if it's something that we just can have a considerable amount of love, and we really think that everyone should try it out, um, we're also going to put an MFG Cast Must Have stamp on it. So. All right, so what do I think about Star Trek? What do you think about this game? Oh, hey, thanks for prepping me. Yep. Uh, for me, I think I think this one will be... Boy, it's tough, because I, I think we gave it a really good selling point, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that we played it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really think for us it's going to be overlooked, just because I know that you're not a big fan of Star Trek. I am. Um, I think that... When we play it, I think it's a good one. I think it's one that we'll probably play with our families because I think, like, I could play this with my family because I think that, uh, not just us, but I'm talking about, like, my dad and my sister, stuff like that, because, again, you don't need to know Star Trek, and it's a fun little game that you can kind of just pick up and play because it's a pretty short play, but I don't think it's one of those that I'm always going to go, oh, I want to grab that and play that. You know, I might do that every once in a while just because I like Star Trek a little more, and I'll just see if you want to play it, or maybe if Logan wants to play it, or something like that. But I don't, I don't foresee it being something that we play all of the time. But I, but again, as you can tell by us talking about it, it's still a fine game. It just might not get to the table as much for us. Yeah, I, I know what you mean because I, that's why I wanted you to go mm-hmm. first because I'm struggling between having it be a fair player and overlooked because I don't think it's anything about it being a bad game. Like we said, we really like it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it even has anything to do with me me not being um, an avid Star Trek fan. Please don't toilet paper our house. <laughs> I just, I think that to me it might be, I don't want to use it as a filler game mm-hmm. necessarily, but it kind of seems more fillery games, more of a filler game to me. Mm-hmm. So I would almost have to say that it's overlooked too. Creeping up on Fair Player, I suppose, but um, more overlooked, not because I feel like it's a bad game. I just think that um, there may be other things that we would come play first prior to this game. I think this will be nice to throw into play every once in a while for something different because we don't have anything like it. Yeah. So I think they did a great job Mm -hmm. and I'd recommend people buying it Yeah. for certain. Yeah. If you like Looney Labs, if you like Star Trek, if you not like a nice filler game or a nice little back and forth kind of game, it's kind of you can kind of take that to go and find Star Trek Chrono Trek. It's actually out now. Yeah, go get it. All right, and thanks to Looney Labs for sending us a review copy so we could take a look at it and give our thoughts. And if you have any thoughts, make sure again go to our Facebook page or at MFGCast on Twitter. And until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends 
Dying. Oh.